0: Hi, this is Eric Zala, subject of Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made, documentary, currently streaming on Netflix. And you are listening to The Statement Show with Zach and Terry.
1: From the Night Shift Cruise Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. The lights are on. Hey guys, it's Ivana Gabba. Hey guys, this is Brie Olson. You know what's your name, man, Dan Dross. I'm Jim Harold from the Paranormal Podcast. Hi, this is Zach Ward, otherwise known as the legendary Scut Farkas. This is Zachy Joy,
0: and you are listening to the hottest podcast around, The Statement Show, with Terry James and
2: Zach Dakey.
1: Welcome back to another edition of The Statement Show. I'm Terry James.
2: And I'm Zach Sheehy. And you're listening to the podcast that fits in no category. Today, we have Eric (laughs) Zela with The Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. I told you I'd get that wrong, Eric.
0: (laughs) Hey, no worries. You're in good company, my friend. (laughs) Uh,
2: So, uh... We were watching out that uh, the documentary of the of the Raiders of Lost Ark movie that you guys got going when you were young, and uh, really just kind of caught it late night one day, and it actually very inspired uh, as far as what we're doing here too. So I I just want to first say thank you, very inspirational, and I know it it must be hard to put yourself out there and let everybody see you know you kind of your vulnerable sides, and uh, but
0: wow. Thank, thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, uh, it's actually, you know, as many podcasts as I've done, uh, you know, that's actually the first time that someone sort of touched on um, that specifically that, yeah, you know, agreeing to have documentary crews sort of follow you around and, you know, catch you at your most vulnerable is, it's a scary prospect, but nothing in this whole Raiders adventure has not been scary from time to time. So, you know, it all kind of fits as part of the journey. Um, but, uh, but thank you. Yeah, we, we wanted it to be, um, you know, when we said yes to the documentary guys, uh, you know, we wanted it to be warts and all. And, um, and, you know, like Raiders when we're kids, I mean, kind of do it or don't. So we're sort of, you know, um, go all the way in terms of commitment. And, and yeah, that there were some, uh, I'm told some, some folks, uh, there were some scenes that were actually uncomfortable for folks to, to watch, uh, you know, uh, in terms of, um, various things. So it's, it's been, uh, you know, we've been glad to have made the decision as we did and, and you know, we didn't want a fluff piece.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so anyway, thank you for that.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I know the uncomfortableness of it. You know, people have a tendency to watch one, they'll watch it the whole way through. I've watched documentary myself probably seven or eight times. <laughs> to the point where my wife's, you're watching that again. I was like, it, it's incredible. Um, and the funny part is, and I'm sorry to say this, but I haven't actually seen the film ad- adaptation yet. But no. I'm, I'm actually really. I, I think I'm gonna go to your website and order because I really want to see it now. So uh, it's Thank like, you. I, I can't. I, first, before I get into the scenes, and I wanted to ask you about a few. Of the, how did the whole documentary portion of it come about?
0: Well, you know. Life is funny. So after our film was accidentally discovered in 2002, we started receiving invites to do screenings. And so Chris and I toured with our little, our, our you know, the littlest blockbuster that could, you know, from Sitka, Alaska to Sydney, Australia, you know, um, for a time. And it was our 101st screening that, there was in the audience, one Jeremy Kuhn, producer of Napoleon Dynamite. Um, this was in Park City, Utah, and uh Jeremy hit up Chris after a Q and A that he did there and uh said, you know, I thought this was an urban myth. I, I you know, this uh but I, I having seen it with my own eyes, I have so many questions. But I I don't whether it's me or someone else, someone makes needs to make a documentary about this story. Um, it's just too good, you know. And and so he uh Chris looped me in and we talked about it, you know, we had been approached by various uh, documentarians over the years and you know for various reasons it, it you know it didn't it wasn't the right time you know it wasn't the right fit or or whatnot but uh, this was a fit and so we said yes to having documentary crews follow us around and then chris then resuscitated the idea um, of finally getting the band back together again after all these years and doing the airplane scene mm. you know when after a film was discovered and, uh, you know, we, we, we toured and did Q&As, folks, you know, would uh, a recurring question be, hey, what about the airplane scene? And we explained, you know, back then uh, we uh, wanted to do it. I'd storyboarded it, uh, but we didn't have a very good plan on how to pull it off. Our best plan was scaling this chain link fence at Ocean Springs Airport and shooting around a single engine, guerrilla style. Uh, but... <laughs> the plane blows up in the end. Right. So are you going to do that? I actually got a, um, a pipe bomb recipe from this delinquent kid in my social studies class. And we tried to, uh, detonate it in a, uh, scale replica of test or or that was the plan ultimately, but we did a test and it didn't work. And thank God.
2: This wasn't Um, with Jason, right? Right.
0: You know, Right, back, uh, back in the day. So we decided uh, since the, the pipe bomb test had failed, and between that and the realization that, you know, the airplane scene's the only scene in Raiders that's extraneous. You can cut it, as we did, and go straight from Indian Marion escaping the well of souls in the catacombs to truck, what truck, mm-hmm. in the beginning of that great sequence there. And for the longest time, that's our play- our, our little film played until now. Um, now that the airplane scene's been completed, it's, it's finally, uh, on, all, all put together just in time for a DVD that we put together originally for our Kickstarter, uh, backers, 781, um, through which we raised $58,000 for, to do the airplane scene. Um, and then, um, you know, continue to make it available on a donation basis at RaidersGuys.com, um, uh, and, uh, you know, for that. Um and so with that we uh um you know that all that all helps. Hmm.
2: Um
0: but yeah that's uh that's kind of the how the airplane scene in the documentary came to pass.
2: Wow. How uh... So like
1: like when you when you guys were kids and and you were you were kind of just dreaming this whole thing up why why raiders? Why not say like breakfast club or you know top gun or <laughs> something? What 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 made it raiders? What was what just I, I don't know because just Harrison Ford was at the yeah. top of his game at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes uh, sense. Yeah.
0: Good, good question. Well, you know, credit for the idea uh, goes to Chris, um, Strumpolis, who plays our Indiana Jones. It was, uh, you know, Chris was the starter. Um, you know, I was the finisher of the kind of the yin and yang, uh, friendship that we had We're obviously, you know, our love of Raiders aside we couldn't be two more different people. Um, as you can probably tell from the documentary, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that Chris uh, called me one day and said, hey, do you remember me? I'm this I was a kid that you borrowed the Raiders Lost Art comic book on, <laughs> you know, on the bus to elementary school. Uh, yeah, that's how how far this goes back age 12. <laughs> um, and I thought for all of five seconds, imagining that, you know, all the sets have been built, costumes uh, and props acquired and just kind of walk on and help. And, you know, only thing that turns out Chris had done at that point is. By the script from Walden books and cast himself as Indiana Jones, as any good producer will do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how, you know, Raiders, we got started on this, this crazy Raiders adventure way back in summer of 82.
2: Now, were you the one who came up with the, uh, the shots, you know, the shot for shot, like you you hand sketched them.
0: Oh, the storyboards. Yeah, yeah. that's me. Um, I w- I was going to be a comic book artist uh, for DC comics. That was my life. Uh, aspiration at age 12 until Chris roped me into this crazy Raiders adventure. Um, you know, but all that, that love of drawing and experience in drawing came in handy when, um, I sat down and spent the whole summer drawing from memory 602 storyboards. See, Raiders in 82, um, blockbuster stores had just started appearing over across the country, but Raiders wasn't available for rent yet. Um, thankfully, uh, back in the summer of '82, they re released popular movies, including Raiders, um, you know, the following year. And, uh, Chris tried to sneak an audio tape cassette recorder and got busted by a copyright, uh, conscientious usher. Um, <laughs> I tried and I got through. I guess I looked less mischievous, you know, Huck Fender you know, his Tom Sawyer, I don't know, but, (laughs) um, but I got an illicit recording of, uh, the soundtrack, you know, the, and sure it was marred by sounds of audience whoops and cheering and laughing and all that. Um, but I captured, you know, the, the music, the sound effects, the, um, the dialogue. And it was a great memory jog when I sat down that summer and spread out over the dining room table, everything Raiders I could get my hands on, you know, storybooks, uh, trading cards, photo inset from the movie on record um and listen to the the soundtrack and and wrote each shot um by hand from memory um and that wound up being our homemade blueprint that we used the remaining six years so um so yeah that was that was storyboarding we actually that too actually is available on on the on the website um that's been a popular item on on the tour. Um, so I, I busted out my pencil originals from my mom's attic uh, as a reward for our Kickstarter backers originally.
2: Hmm. Oh, by the way, that's RaidersGuys.com. So if anybody wants to look it Get up. It. Speaking Thank
0: of you for that your, good sir. <laughs> plug.
1: Speaking of your mom there, Eric, I was when I was watching the the documentary. And I was noticing what you guys were doing at your at your all's <laughs> houses. You guys had must have had the uh-huh. most amazing parents ever, because your mom would say she would look out there and see yep. you guys doing all this
2: crap. Or bad stuff. parenting, yeah. based on what the what the documentary <laughs> <Yeah>. said. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, I could right. never mom. think my
1: mom and dad would ever let me do what you guys were doing. <laughs> well,
0: I gotta I gotta give give props uh, to Mom Power. Um, seriously, we were. You know, as the documentary touches on, we're all kids of divorce, Chris, Jason, and mm-hmm. I. And, um, you know, uh, I, it's sudden, I'm now a parent myself, and it's at a high bar for me. I mean, if my daughter Darcy, you know, who appears in the doc, if she wants to put a tent in the living room for a year, like I did, um, as a parent, I've got an ethical and moral responsibility to allow her to do it. You know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> But yeah, my mom rocks um, and so patient uh, drove us to locations when we were initially too old to drive ourselves. By the end of it, of course, we could, um, you know, uh, but it's a real um, source of joy. You know, I I was um, we hadn't seen a frame of the documentary, uh, my wife and I, uh, until we were uh, at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas in 2015 you know, I'm, I'm sitting with my mom on one side, you know, and my wife on the other and the theater darkens and, you know, goes up and, and at one point my mom leans in and says, Oh, Eric, it's wonderful. It's like, yeah, it is mom. They, they did a great job, uh, Tim and Jeremy, uh, of, uh, capturing a pretty challenging story to, to communicate in a two hour or less documentary, um, 35 years and all. So, Um, you know, and we wanted it, like I meant, like I said, to be uh warts and all, and they did that too. And, uh, it was, uh, it was great. Um, and of course, as mentioned, kind of scary, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it was, uh, but seeing my mom being pleased by that, you know, I left her line actually in the doc that, Hey, what's the difference, you know, between now, you know, on the set of the airplane scene and, you know, back in the day, well, everyone here is older than 12, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
0: uh, so that was, you know, that was a cool moment for, for me, you know, to have mom on the set and see how this little, uh, film that we shot in her basement throughout my entire childhood is, you know, what's, what's become of it. It's, uh, it's a weird, strange journey.
2: It's, it kind of brought back memories of my childhood. I remember my parents being, my parents were divorced. Um, I remember taking the mm-hmm. city bus with my brother to go see, the Raiders movie and my mom always did things like that. She took us to see the wrath of Khan. She took movies. She had absolutely zero interest in, but yet she still took time (laughs) and we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't, we had very barely any money, but somehow Mm -hmm. she still managed to take us to the movies. And I still remember Raiders. And that's kind of, I think why your story clicks with me a little bit more, I guess, Mm -hmm. because it felt like you guys had that, that, that kind of going on in your lives, but yet you still managed as kids, the tenacity you had to stick with something that long, which all the free time it must have taken to do this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how you how you did it, but wow! I well, I, the free time, the money, the effort, <laughs> everything. I mean, well, can wow. you imagine what do you want for your birthday? Yeah. And you've you got to be thinking, uh, I don't know, at the huh. uh, um, the time frame, what what it was, Atari or something. But instead, you ask for a Raider. You know. Costumes and, and and props and things of that nature. I, I pfft. just give me some fire starter. For yeah, my, right. <laughs> <laughs> thank so
3: you,
0: thank you guys. Yeah, you know it was um, makes it all worth it. You know me. Uh, y- y- you're right. Yeah, it's it was kind of an obsessive thing. I mean, every June, every summer, you know, for be like I guess summer camp was for some kids. Okay, it's June and that means it's time to do Raiders again. You know, <laughs> um, you know, and it was sometimes you know people didn't always enjoy and sometimes you have to kind of push through when it's it's difficult to do and that was that's the toughest thing i mean um appreciate you guys appreciating that you know and it was um the toughest thing as i noted in the doc was kind of like the naysayers some sometimes who thought you said you know uh, the, you're never going to finish you know and mm-hmm. and if you do no one's going to want to watch this thing um so it's I really mean it when I say, you know, when I tell audiences when I'm touring, I mean, this was never supposed to happen. You know, our just, our biggest aspiration was just to, to finish the damn thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that, that after spending four years, five years, six years, that it's not going to end as a box of video tapes in somebody's basement. Um, so, you know, that's that kind of uh, anxiety, I think helped to kind of, um, push forward sometimes, you know, it's, interesting some the things that um you know things change from back in the day and then doing the airplane scene as adults um you know you have greater resources but more limitations um and uh you know but gone's the the endless summer you know you
3: mm-hmm. uh
0: you know time is is much more precious so it's like all things in life it's it's a trade off um but yeah, um interesting interesting when to wait to uh spend one's childhood I'm 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 grateful for it um though it was uh I have nothing else to reference.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got a million questions and uh, like i said about the documentary and all these different scenes that kind of jumped out at me uh, obviously the first one where you're sitting down trying to explain to an investor how basically you're not really going to get your money back <laughs> you're just asking for a check right. and the guy's kind of yeah, giving you that job. look like like he almost wants to get up and throw you out the front door <laughs> <laughs> right. but you still walked out with right. a check i mean that that's that's a lot of pride swallowing to ask somebody for money and and not really get their money back and I guess you have to talk about, like, the tax write-offs and things of that nature, doing investments, but uh, you still got it, and Mm -hmm. I I imagine you had to have a lot (laughs) of meetings like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, you do have to kind of put yourself out there. I mean, that's one thing that didn't change from when we were kids. Um, You know, certain things change, like having more resources, but one thing that didn't is that then and as now, you know, as I found, you know, in childhood and adulthood, you have to you know those voices of self doubt that say it's impossible you know you're never going to finish um, you know you can't do it is you just have to kind of shove that to the side uh, as violently as you can and in, in you know and and will will that aside and and push through it um and you know uh, when we did the kickstarter campaign is anybody going to care about us doing the last scene and thankfully folks did you know um but then uh you know now we have seven hundred and eighty one backers that we need to deliver for. Mm-hmm. Um and can we and it's not nearly enough money and how can we deliver this this uh you know, the, the vision of what this needs to be? Because if we're doing this, we need to deliver it. So you know, we decided, you know, um we're gonna keep consistent with the vision as then, you know, mm-hmm. back when we were kids, we didn't want it to be acute or adorable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh it's certainly what we're shooting for being perfectly honest, we wanted it to be cool. You know, we wanted it to be spectacular. And so we kept with that ethos, you know, um, and not build the, build the plane out of cardboard, um, you know, and put Chris in the same too tight chocolate corduroy pants that we somehow <laughs> stuffed him in, you know, during the eighties, but, uh, but do it right, you know, and so uh, that's, you know, um you know, that was the consistent vision, you know, then and now. Um But to, but, oh shit, you know, are we going to have this plane run out of money and be half finished, you know, in this dirt pit in Van Cleve, Mississippi, Zalus Folly, I'm sure they, you know, I would, it'd be called. And, mm-hmm. you know, but it's always been the case that whenever, you know, you pull off something as that can be great you risk the greatest failure you know risk and reward it's always inextricably intertwined and that's the bitch of it you know yeah. um but you know that's these were the the things that you know we considered in in moving forward and and yeah going forward and and doing the airplane scene for ultimately uh, i was reluctant to do the airplane scene um you know because do we really want people to think all we're capable of doing is Raiders. But, you know, I remember back when we were kids um, we weren't concerned with what the world thought. We did this for ourselves because we loved it, you know, and you know, who gets to do, go back and do what they always wanted to do when they were 12,
3: you sure. know, and
0: that's the reason to do it. And that's why I, you know, overcame, you know, my like, okay, this is going to, you realize this five minutes of airtime is going to be at least a year of our lives. Um, you know, Again, Chris is the starter and, and thinks of the idea, but doesn't always count the cost. I think he <laughs> thought it was gonna be done in a couple of months. Um but you know, uh counting it's like and thankfully I'm very lucky to have a wife who's very supportive and following dreams over financial security, uh, Cassie. Um and with that we decided to go for it and, and do it. But yeah, it's it's scary then and now.
1: Well, I mean, as the months and the years kind of kept going and you didn't have a finished project, what what sort of and there had to be i mean, I know you had fears, but what was your biggest? I mean, was it the fact that you know no one was going to watch the movie or that you wouldn't get your return investment in the movie or you just wouldn't finish it? i mean, there there had to be so many things that were going through your head, like, well, Mine would, oh, <laughs> would have been sued yeah. when, when doing <laughs> the airplane
0: scene. You mean? Um, well, like I mean,
1: I guess just completing the whole entire, you know, the the whole entire movie as it was because you got to figure, you ah. know, you started at twelve and here you, ah. it, it took you so many years, and now finally you're getting to the airplane scene. And I remember that part where it just was rain and rain and rain, and then there would be yeah. another issue and another issue. I, I and then. Obviously, for me anyway, I thought that there was two parts for me that would that, that just I loved about the documentary. And one of them actually was the part where you were on the phone with your boss, oh, who yeah. I think huh. – I yeah. cringed. I cringed every time <laughs> yeah. I saw that scene. <laughs>
2: because you, know, it, you I mean, have to – it's like you want to tell him, look, I need this for me. But you can't. Right, you right. got to bite your tongue because it's your boss
1: and – and you've got kids and a wife and mortgage yes. and all these so, other things that yep. are going on. All but yet things. this is a this is a project in your life. This is a this is this passion project that you've been doing forever. And now he's saying one more day and you can forget it. And that, that you could just see that that everything in your eyes where you were just like, what do I do here? You know, do I continue with mm-hmm. this? You know, that that had mm-hmm. to be that it had to be amazing in your eye. I, mean, I, I couldn't imagine having to do that. I mean, for me, I don't, I, don't ha- I don't think I have that kind of passion about anything, really. I mean, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I, I have actual, absolutely no ambition in life whatsoever. So As I look for a new to, co-host. <laughs> right. So You probably should, yeah. yeah. But, you know, then I watch a documentary like yourself who has all this passion, but I could only imagine all these fears that were going through your mind. What had to be the biggest, though? I mean, money.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, this this stress. I mean, there were many stresses in doing the airplane scene, from weather, as you saw, to mechanical failure, to cast uh, and crew dramas, to um, but uh, you know, to how much money I'd personally put into it seventeen thousand, um, uh-huh. you know, in order to cross the finish line. Wow. But what loomed biggest? was, um, you know, the dark cloud and the the heaviest thing, you know, was the stress of talking to my boss, calling him on the phone and asking for two more days of PTO, which I actually had coming, um, and available, you know, and I was, I, how did it feel? My heart was pounding in my chest. I, I was, I knew, um, my boss, well enough to know that um, this request wasn't going to be well received. (laughs) And, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's funny. So many more than any other scene people do talk about this and and ask me about it in Q and A's during the tour. It's actually, you know, and folks are usually surprised to know that that conversation was actually softened. You know, the doc guys, you know, uh, you know, trim some of the harsher bits oh, wow. uh, from it, but it, it was um, it was kind of an emotional meat grinder that I was put through, and one limitation of a documentary is that there's not always time to com- you know provide context for everything. In this case, it was actually a, a very slow time at work. Um, it was during E3, for those of you who are familiar with the video game industry, it's you know, Electronic Entertainment Expo in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm very Everyone familiar. in the whole industry was <laughs> Yeah, I figured, um, you know, everyone's uh, away from their desk at E3. Um, And so had I not asked, I would have, I know what it would have been like. I would have gone back and work would have been as as dead and slow as a graveyard shift. And I would have pretty much um, washed away all the sacrifices that all these people have made. It was bigger than what I wanted or, and, and Chris wanted at this point. I mean, um, so many people in my hometown, my dear friend, you know, of decades, Maria worked on her birthday to build the straw hut. You know, I mean, there's many, many heroes to this airplane scene. And, um, I was, you know, um, had this uh, under a lot of pressure to, to throw that away for nothing really, aside from, you know, um, i scheduled two blocks of time off three days and five days and joining two weekends bracketed on either side made nine days for, to shoot the airplane scene. And, and that was it. And so it was scary that, that phone call uh, ultimately the end, you know, as, as you know, we got the two days and thank God, because mm-hmm. it was really right, right down to the wire. We just barely made the 128th shot before I hopped in a car and cast whisked me away to Gulfport Airport to catch the last flight to Las Vegas and made it into the office uh, Wednesday at uh, 8 a.m. But, you know, I those 11 days in the mud pit changed me. I uh, remember washing the red clay out of my, you know, my hair, you know, and, and at home um, and, you know, uh, coming straight in from the airport and you know, it was uh, nothing harder than than those 11 days and, and nothing more satisfying. It was, uh, as my buddy Carl put it uh, on the crew, uh, brutally awesome. And I think um, set in motion what ultimately led to my resigning my job and starting uh, something new.
2: Well, how long after the documentary? Sorry to d-
0: spoil Dan.
2: How, that's fine. How long after you got back to work, did you actually resign? Did it take a, like a month, a year?
0: Long time. You know, I don't, uh, I'm not an impulsive sort. I, um, I take risks, uh, calculated risks, you know, and do a lot of soul searching, me and my wife, you know, and we ask ourselves, you know, what's important? What, what sort of things do we want to model for our kids? You know, you've, in some ways you've met Quinn and Darcy already, you know, they're mm-hmm. in the dock um, and they've been on the tour with us. Actually, we put them to work selling merch um ultimately you know do we want to model to them play it safe you know and stay in a job that you feel like you're made to feel as though someone owns you um because i had that pto time it would have been for nothing and it it would have truly been for nothing and that's just over the months after i returned ate away from me i mean i was you know somewhat political suicide you know to have asked for those days and and i i felt that and and I received zero bonus, you know, whereas the previous year I'd gotten a five digit bonus. You know, it was mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, the type of environment that was not supportive, shall we say, of anything other than making the company the priority. The reason mm-hmm.
2: I, I really I connect with what you're saying is because uh, me and Terry both obviously we don't we would like this to be a full-time thing for us as well. Any podcaster would, but it's very few podcasters make a living doing what podcasting and, but that's part of the inspiration of watching your documentary does for people. I think it shows that if you work and you, and you really push, you can do anything you want. It's just how, how far are you willing to go for it? And, and, I myself, I'm in IT and uh, and have done in the 24-7 atmosphere and, and to know exactly what you're talking about. You have time, but they don't really want you to take it. They expect you, it's only what have you done for me lately, and they keep asking more of you and they never really, they, they say they care about your family time or they want you to take your time, but they don't really want you to do it. <laughs> so when you yeah. want to schedule I mean, time off, they don't want you to take it. So, But I've yeah, had, I have PTO, I mean, the same things, so...
0: So you you understand.
2: Oh um, yeah. <laughs> <that> sounds like. <laughs> so Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm sure there there are better and worse office environments, but this, you know, this one was was not a, a healthy uh healthy thing and and ironic, I mean, for for uh, a number of reasons I actually had um given originally hired my boss uh Alex years ago mm-hmm. um in a prior uh prior setting. So, you know, life complicated
2: that's how things work out and but, like I said, everybody it's just uh that's what's extremely uh it's a pick me up to watch this video. Anybody who can watch something like this and oh, the one i in my opinion, what you should take away from this is is mm-hmm. the motivation that's what I got from this watching this and why I watch this so many times because it just it really motivates me because I, I, I look at you guys and think if if you guys can do it, anybody can do it, and that's not in a way of saying that belittling you in any way it's just. It, no, it's kind of like you know, when you are. watch, yeah, exactly. When you watch somebody else do something, you think, "Well, that's them, and I'm me, and I can't do that." And I, that's right, what sets right. you guys apart. You really pushed. So, and you, and you didn't courage to do Thank what you. you did. So, and of course, to put it out there for everybody to watch. And really? that's my next thing. <laughs> so, do you have to go and get permission from everybody that was? on the documentary to say, Hey, I'm going to have to put, I'm putting this phone footage on there. Are you going to have a problem with this? Did they have to sign anything or, uh, was there any problems with doing that?
0: No, I mean, it was made, uh, you know, no, you know, I think the doc guys were were prepared to re-record it. Uh, Basically if, you know, had to to make a a decision, you know, I mean, do you, you, you know, made it available to Alex after the fact, Hey, if you want us, cut it from the doc will and opted Uh not, you know, but to say, Hey, um, you know, we're going to be recording this conversation will inevitably, inevitably make it less real. Do you make it less real say that, or do you record it and and say, you know, and then present it afterwards and say, are you okay with this remaining, you know? And so when with the latter, because here's the thing. I mean, I, when I commit to something, I, I, you know, I commit and, and, you know, when you have warring commitments, you know, what is most real, you know? And so presenting that, that's how it came to be, you know? And so what you hear in the doc is not an actor and, you know, but here's the thing. I mean, so many people have reacted to that theme that, you know, I didn't know if it was going to appear in the dock until South by Southwest. Okay. And, you know, you could hear, hear a pin drop in, in, the, in the theater. And afterwards, I said, well, OK, I need to call Alex and have a beer and say, hey, you're in the dock.
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, gotcha, gotcha. But here's the, here's the thing. So many reviewers um, seized upon that scene and talked about it that, I guess, uh, he uh, Googled it and, and I got an interesting phone call before I got a chance to return to the office, you know? And so, but, you know, hey, you want us to to take it out? You know, there was, you know, I think the the doc guys were prepared to do that Mm -hmm. if such a request were made, but there wasn't. And Alex said that he's ultimately fine with it. And we agreed to disagree, you know, on matters of things he said to me. I don't, uh, I don't understand this Raiders thing. You know, I don't have anything in my life that I'm, I, I'm that passionate about. And that's where things are. It's an interesting journey.
2: It, my takeaway from this, and a part of the story as I'm watching it, uh, the documentary obviously being a story in itself, is mm. it feels like uh, you took a job that you, did, you excelled in, but wasn't ultimately your passion. And then you really want to be a filmmaker. To me, that's what it comes off as. And uh, are you pursuing that now in any way? or? Or is that something that your, you know, your ambition I'm, is?
0: You know, I'm I'm basically a creative person, you know, mm-hmm. um, I guess is what I've, I've learned from this. You know, I love, you know, I've always been happiest when I'm I'm storytelling or, or creating or, um, you know, doing something that's meaningful. And, you know, I've, having had at first a book and now a documentary uh, about this part of my life has offered me a unique perspective and where I can... Make out a, a distinct arc of you know between the safe corporate job and the, the unconventional path you know I'd like to live life freely uh, mm-hmm. if I can. Uh, there are original films that Chris and I would like to make, but that takes time you know and right now, one thing that kind of emerged from this four month tour sixty four city tour i mean we've been really overwhelmed by folks' reactions I mean so many people have kind of express similar things as, as you guys have. Um, and thank you for that. It means a lot. Um, and in particular, teachers and educators, you know, said, hey, can you come to my school? Because I think the kids would be really inspired by this, by the stories, you know, and by you guys think, you know, resourcefulness, perseverance. I mean, these are things that, you know, they could benefit from. And so my wife and I have talked and, and you know, we're actually looking at, you know, instead of taking a um, now that the tour is complete, 84,000 miles, 42 states later. Actually, the final tour will be on in later this month in January. But mm-hmm. after that, while we stay open to new creative opportunities in our lives, forming a company that we can bring this fan film to schools and to businesses and to, uh, screen it and hopefully inspire and educate, uh, kids as we ourselves were inspired mm-hmm. long ago, back in a theater in ocean Springs when I was 12 um, you know, that changed my life and that has meaning to me, you know, video games are, are sexy and all that, but you know, ultimately it wasn't where my passion was. And this is uh, something I'm excited about. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, you know, we're actually just going to be launching that uh, quite soon. And um, we've got a couple of school gigs uh lined up already and uh the adventure continues.
2: So I see there's um what looks like a cruise coming up.
0: That's right. Uh January nineteenth through the twenty third, we um are gonna be fan to sea cruise. It's a Comic Con themed cruise leaving Tampa and going to Cosmo, Mexico and Key West. And I'll be uh introducing a double feature of the Raiders dock and the adaptation uh in a rare fit of cosplay i'll be busting out my belloc white linen suit from the <laughs> airplane scene
3: uh, to
0: introduce that so that'll be fun um i'll also be hosting an indiana jones themed pub quiz at the um apparently the cruise ship the brilliance brilliance of the seas has an actual honest to god uh british pub on there so uh mm-hmm. fitting setting and so that should be fun but yeah i mean uh on board is also going to be frank miller who like never does this kind of thing uh, Dark Knight 3 team, um, the cast of Stranger Things, uh, including Eleven, uh, Walking Dead, um, Gardens of the Galaxy 2, um, whole, whole bevy of comic book artists, like nerd burlesque dancers, uh, <laughs> marathon screenings of Lord of the Rings extended edition, you know, by the pool on, on the screen at night. Uh, so it's going to be great. Um, anyway, uh, the website is fan2, the number two, is an ocean. And yeah, we'll be we we'll be setting off for that the, the final and sixty fifth tour stop of the Raiders uh follow your dreams tour.
2: Yeah I saw the vehicle that you're driving. That's that's pretty cool. I like that. I, oh, I especially thanks. like the grabber isn't it? That, yeah I, I especially like the end of the dock where you guys uh, it was near the after the airplane scene I'm assuming when you showed when when Steven Spielberg actually got a chance to see it and uh wanted oh. to meet you guys. Is that how it went down? Huh.
0: We, uh, it was almost a pipe dream that one day we would meet Spielberg and he, he would not sue us. And, and <laughs> that's what I own. was
2: thinking. Yeah. You, was he calling you? Go, I'd like <laughs> yeah. you to meet with my lawyers. Right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but, uh, it, it was everything that I, I could have, have hoped for, you know. I mean, our, like I said, our biggest ambition was simply to finish the thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we, we daydreamed about, but dared not really hope that, uh, meeting Spielberg one day would happen, but it did. Like 14 years later, 14, 15 years, you know, um, you know, the doc does a great job of, of telling the story of how our film was accidentally discovered. And he came to write us a very kind letter, thanking us for a very loving and detailed tribute. Um, and, and, um, beyond the uh, mimicry, saw vast amounts of uh, imagination and originality. Um, you know, I, my wife photographed me in various stages of opening the, the letter and, uh, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I can't get any better than this, but it did. And we, we met the man in person um, about a year later in uh, Amblin offices. And he spent about 45 minutes with us talking about life and movies and Raiders. And, you know, I, I was lamenting, you know, the Raiders box set had just come out. I was lamenting that there weren't any deleted scenes from Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a couple that I'd heard whispers of, you know, um, Salah's near execution by a German soldier um, using a, uh, you know, uh, played by a German tourist in Tunisia, um, which was supposed to be fantastic. And Spielberg explained, you know, I never include deleted scenes in my DVDs because, you know, i worked very hard to create the illusion. and I don't wish to undermine that. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. said, but you know, I've got some outtakes of Raiders of, in Temple of Doom in my office, because, want to see? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so about five minutes later, I'm sitting on the, on a couch in Steven Spielberg's office, watching what it feels like only crew from, um, the eighties, uh, had seen. It was, uh, really amazing. Um, outtakes from Raiders and Temple, including, uh, a bit with Barbara Streisand, um, Whipping Harrison Ford dressed in a dominatrix outfit while Harrison strapped to the rock
3: oh in
0: Temple Doom. So it was uh, it was something. Um, anyway, Spielberg even was kind enough to, to gr- kindly grant our request for a photo. And then we we stumble out of the sunlight like <laughs> what happened here? Um, wow. So it was, it was amazing. He had
2: to walk out uh, of there. Very, feeling, very grateful. He had to walk out of there after that meeting feeling inspired just I don't, overwhelming. I don't really I know how
1: he could have came down from that cloud for two weeks you know yeah <laughs>
2: wow. yeah I mean yeah.
0: I heard we, uh, stories of <laughs> I've amazing. heard
2: stories of how Spielberg got started as far as basically sneaking on that a lot and putting his name on a trailer
0: I know I love that story uh, uh, it's amazing isn't it
2: that's how fate works it just you just start from something mm-hmm. and he but he had tenacity he kept going just like what you're doing and uh that would have inspired me to do something and that's kind of was I, I mean how is do you still are you still friends with I'm assuming you're still friends with Chris do you still hang out with him or see him a lot with these events or Chris and
0: I are still friends mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's a um there's an option that we're we're looking at optioning chris as uh you know if we we move forward with uh original films you know we reprise our roles me as director and chris as producer mm-hmm. um and there's a a book that we've optioned and chris' is, you know, looking at drumming up funds for, so we'll see. And uh, so, but yeah, you know, we're, we're still friends and uh, you know, Jason uh, out in uh, Oakland, even, you know, he um, you know, took a sabbatical years ago from doing screenings. Uh, they're great fun, but they can kind of short circuit you. It's very kind of emotionally and physically exhausting, but, uh, but Jay and I are still in touch and Angela, we were reunited on stage after 18 years in Minneapolis you know, she's been raising her son and who uh, will probably think mom is cool as she put it, (laughs) Um, you know, but yeah, we, we've managed to to keep in touch, you know, even uh, uh, Alan Stenham who played Sala, you know, on the tour, we uh, joined us on stage for uh, the Milwaukee stop. Um, And, you know, that's been one of the the cool things is um, being on a 64 city tour has made it easier to, um, to see various cast members and friends across the country.
2: They had the inter- They interviewed the original actor from the movie too, right? He was on the documentary.
0: Yeah, Jean Rhys Davies as as Sala. I mm-hmm. think Alan probably gets a kick out of that.
2: <laughs> I mean, and the fact that he referenced your guys' doc and he was talking about it. I just uh, uh, there's not anything of this documentary I didn't like, and, and I felt uh, that when they were talking about when they were playing it at the uh, the draft house, which I've been to, which is amazing, uh-huh. by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Have you gotten any offers to play the adaptation on any like uh, late night horror TV shows anywhere? Anything, <laughs> anything like that? Um,
0: you know, oh, we've gotten various sort of like various offers or uh, whatnot. We're trying to navigate the whole thing respectively. So mm-hmm. we haven't followed uh, through on, on any, any such thing. So, so I wouldn't expect that.
1: what is Uh, what's bigger in your eyes i mean honestly meeting spielberg or the fact that your your documentary is on netflix it's literally streaming on netflix for millions of people to all over the world i mean my mind is blown the fact that you've you've a had a chance to live out your childhood dream b you've met spielberg and c you're on Netflix streaming to, you know, hundreds of millions, whatever, how many ever people they have what, that. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine how you're feeling right now. You, uh,
0: well, thank you for that. Uh, uh I, I'm, I mean, above all things, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, you know, first for having like, you know, uh, as I said, this, this really unconventional childhood and, but beyond that, all this unexpected course, you know, with that, I mean, it's, life is always a trade-off. And with the, 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 the roller coaster, you know, um, it's been absolutely amazing um, traveling, you know, these four months, 42 out of the 50 states, eight, over 18,000 miles and 20 flights, um, been on the road since July 2nd, Seattle. And it's been a- an amazing journey, you know, and continues to be. I'm so grateful for that. I get to see the best bits of my childhood set to John Williams and and watched on a big screen and with, with hundreds of cheering strangers, you know, I, I, Hmm. I feel very, very fortunate, um, you know, especially having gotten to finish it, you know, cause we almost didn't get to finish it. And I still in some ways can't believe that we actually got it done. Um, but so grateful for, I mean, many hands completed the airplane scene, you know, there's many heroes. And as much as I, I love the documentary, the only thing that I, I, you know, um, wrestle with is that there's never time to like call out all you know, all the folks that really kind of hitched in and helped make the dream real, you know. Um
2: what was the it's been what, great.
0: It's also scary starting a new business and oh, and, yeah. and continuing and not going back on what's safe, but I'm I don't want to lose this freedom and so we hope to keep it going.
2: What was the name of the pyrotechnic uh the, the pyrotech that did the uh, the the scene where he had to blow up the plane. What was it what was Dan. His name?
0: Dan okay. Todd. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean my hat's off to him uh, as far as what i've seen in the documentary Damn it seemed great. like he felt it, it, it had that look like when it didn't go off as planned he had that look of disappointment like he didn't want to let you down mm-hmm. and did everything he and yeah which obviously that's exactly how it comes off and uh, I, that's a heartfelt scene where he goes out there and then he gets whipped back from the explosion and uh you this run out there the kind help of him.
0: you know th- this is the kind of humbling thing that, you know, that I was kind of referencing earlier that so many people gave so much to mm-hmm. make make this happen, you know, uh, and finally complete this. You know, um, it's been one of the best things about doing the airplane scene is you you people you met along the journey to join your, your path. And we're so glad that, that Dan was part of Team Raiders. And I think it was, you know, Dan's a pro. And I think his his the commitment that he felt to see it through temporarily you know making him, made him take a a, a, a bold risk and mm-hmm. god i can't tell you how how utterly terrifying it was that moment you know the one i'm talking about
3: sure. mm-hmm.
0: um but to know that dan's okay he um we sent dan to the emergency room afterwards you know to make sure and they they checked him out about two hours later and he um we had uh you know long had scheduled that evening a wrap party you know at uh at Chef Danny, who was doing a catering, her restaurant in nearby Diaberville, and uh, and uh, Dan arrives, um, to thunder supplies, you know, to the cast and crew. He's uh, so scared. Uh, he had shared with me later, um, that you know, when his body ragdolls, it's actually his training, muscle memory taking over, um, go low, avoid any possible shrapnel. Um, I think he passed out at the end of it, mm-hmm. um, but they uh, They checked him out clean bill of health and uh you know if uh, if gone south uh you know if, if the the future projects uh get funding in the future, um, we'd love to work with dan again he's he's obviously an amazing guy
2: definitely, so I'd like to put a link uh, to your website on our website, of course, at the dot com uh, so everybody can find your oh, site, you. uh, which, whether it's you go to RaidersGuys.com or you go to our StatementShow.com website. We'll put a link up on there uh, for your for your documentary and your website. You can follow them at RaidersGuys, at RaidersGuys on Twitter. You can also find them on Facebook, and all the links are on their website as well. I really appreciate you coming on the, on the show for us uh, to take your time out of your busy schedule and uh, we'd also like to play, you know, after near the end of the episode, uh, we'll, we'll play the trailer for the, the documentary too. So we're maybe a little tidbit of that and what they're, what they can see oh, if they go on Netflix. Awesome. But yeah, it's amazing. Like I said, uh, and, and what uh, Terry was saying, the fact that it's on Netflix for everybody mm-hmm. to watch and it's one of the download episodes because now Netflix lets you download for offline viewing and your show is one of the ones that download. So, which is oh, a pr- cool. pretty cool feature too. So, but I hope with future Projects. If you guys have some other stuff coming out, we'd love to have you back on and talk about it.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that support, guys. Yeah, it's Zach Terry. No appreciate it, y'all.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it.
1: And before we let you go, we you know what? We did have one more question for you before we came on air. Zach and I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you one question, one major question. Wait on me. What's your opinion of the rest of the Indiana Jones movies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last one. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, specifically the last one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my, my personal, Eric Zala's personal preference, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's only my opinion, mm-hmm. but um, my enjoyment of the Raiders canon is pretty much coincides with the order of release. Raiders, in, no one disputes. This is the, the best one.
3: Iconic, um, right,
0: Temple right. of Doom. Yeah. And I, I'm a little outspoken on this, but I like, uh, you know, in some circles, but I like Temple of Doom best. It tried to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. um and not a, a strict uh copy um but i also like last crusade you know a little slapsticky, but some wonderful parts with uh um, sean connery crystal skull bottoms out the list at four but you know what um nd5 is coming up sometime in the future and so i hear uh, yeah. here's hoping that uh that breaks the trend
2: so you think Harrison Ford gonna... still got it? Done. I mean, he's getting up there, but man, he looked colored amazing. He looked amazing in the last one. So he did.
0: Yeah, yeah, colored me hopeful. I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I mean, Lucasfilm I think has made re- some really uh, exciting choices uh, as far as the Star Wars films. You know, to to rehire, for example, Lawrence Kasdan, um, some good stuff. So it makes me hopeful for Indy Five.
1: When can we expect the documentary for Indy Two from you guys?
2: Oh yeah, when's the next adaptation <laughs> where you have your kids playing all the parts? Let me, just, right, <laughs> Let me just put it out
0: there: there, there will be no Temple of Doom. The adaptation, oh, at least not man. from us.
2: What about the musical?
1: Come on, <laughs> Broadway? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, man.
0: Raiders on Ice. Uh,
2: there you go. See. <laughs> i love it i love it all the movies i mean raiders is great i loved your documentary and uh now you've got me curious and uh, i'm on your website now and to be honest with you i think what what's a good package to start out with as far as if i want to buy your your video what i see you got packaged oh man
0: yeah yeah we've a real popular thing has been getting um the combo of you know both the, the doc and the adaptation if you do that the, the most popular thing that we learned from 64 cities of touring is watch the the doc and then the, ad, uh, the fan film because mm-hmm. um, folks always after the doc want to see the fan film and that gives context. Um, <clears throat> so that, that'd be a good recommendation.
2: Well, More obviously Netflix know, the
0: adaptation. Ooh. Yeah. A- yeah, yeah, exactly. Netflix is there. Uh, and uh, you know, there's also the DVD standalone and, or there's the um, the storyboards book combo with the adaptation, mm-hmm. um, so oh something for for everyone. We even have an everything combo pack. Um, so uh, you know it's been it's been really something.
2: You can find them on Twitter and Facebook. And Eric, again, we had you on for about an hour. We we really appreciate you taking out the time.
0: Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
2: right. thanks, Eric. Enjoy your cruise, man.
0: Thanks. We'll do. All Take right. care, guys. Thanks, sir.
2: That was Eric Zella. Of Raiders guys. I mean, he was amazing. I loved how open he was about the, yeah. the projects that he's done. I'm kind of liking the Raiders on Ice. Yeah. Raiders on Ice. <laughs> Raiders on... You know, take it Broadway. Or, hey, there you go. Raiders <laughs> on Ice at Broadway. Hey, do it. See? I mean, I'm about it. Innovation. That's where it's at. So... What I'd like to do now, and I want everybody to know this is going to be about a two minute trailer. I'd like to play the trailer for everybody to hear, and, but also go onto their website at RaidersGuys.com and you can watch the trailer there. But I want to play uh, the trailer for everybody and so they can get quite an idea of what to expect. It's on Netflix, though. If you have Netflix, everybody's got Netflix nowadays, don't they? I believe do. I mean, they come do. on, it's That's nine bucks a month, nine, ten bucks a month. I mean, are we getting paid through Netflix? No, but <laughs> there you go. That's an idea. Anyway, so I want to play a trailer. I want everybody to go to the website because, uh, like I said, I, I I wasn't BSing anybody. This is a motivational thing for me. It if Anybody really who can't get motivated watching this documentary, I don't know what's wrong with you. So let's go ahead and we'll play And, and the
1: thing is, Zach, I don't know. I mean, I know you really liked Indiana Jones. I know that yes, was I do. huge for you. See, for me, I mean, I'm not, you know, I didn't really pay that much attention to Indiana Jones as a child. And then as as I got older. I found, man, man, this is a really good movie, and then like you said, you, I remember you coming to me and saying, you need to watch this documentary. And when I watched it, I, I felt the exact same way as you. I felt so nostalgic. Like, yeah, man, and not and the fact that it was just uplifting, and you have these guys with so much perseverance to, to want to, to complete something. It makes you want Like I told him, I, I, I can't even want to get up and run around the block or or, you know i mean my motivation is to go to the refrigerator
2: (laughs) stick with a movie for that many years and get all your friends together and just and to get them to ask for things for their birthday for christmas and after a year or two i would have definitely lost motivation by that point i'm like yeah i don't feel like it i'm gonna stay in and play video games you know (laughs) how we got all those kids together to stay together to do the movie i don't know thumbs up thumbs up so let's listen to the trailer And then uh, we'll peace out after that. So hold on.
1: We met a pair of young movie makers who are filming their own version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Their summer project is the subject
2: of tonight's page 13. It's become a cult favorite.
3: They used real snakes, did their own stunts,
0: and nearly burnt down their mom's house.
2: I don't know how to explain this, but it's Raiders of the Lost Ark remade shot for shot by 11-year-old kids in 1982. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it.
1: Just the idea that these two guys were able to make this movie over a period of seven years, to me, is absolutely mind-boggling. They
0: were in college by the time it was
1: finished. Who's got that much time and energy? The fact that they didn't burn down the house
2: is a miracle
0: seems like a good example of bad parenting. You're not
2: just watching Raiders, you're rooting for the kids to succeed.
1: It was the best feeling I ever had in my life. We kind of missed out on our childhood, but the whole time we realized we were filming our childhood.
2: Once that became part of their lives, it's almost as if they've never been able to shake it, even up
3: until now.
0: After we finished, I would have a recurring dream that somewhere we would be shooting the airplane scene. On some level, it haunted me that we never did this. The fact that I get to do this, shoot the airplane scene, and begin the adventure again. If you want to make God laugh, tell him you have a plan.
2: It just slowly progressed downward.
0: Very dangerous today. Pull the plug now or spend more money than you planned.
2: I don't think the words you're going to be fired were used.
0: Done. I will never work with that guy again. You gave up, man. I'm sorry. I don't want to be part of it. Back I'm going to kill you. Action. Francisco, stop. Three, two, one. Oh, no. The plane playing going to go.
2: so that's raiders the story of the greatest fan film ever made i like it so come like on it. man we'll do one now but star wars hmm. you know i was i was actually debbie does dallas serious with it oh. there's a remake that, let's do porno that, remakes deep throat? <laughs> no, no eric seriously, what would we do good morning vietnam no <laughs> Honestly, I'm a big fan of all the Raiders films, and uh, I'm glad he did this. It's very, like I said, inspirational. Who wouldn't another one? I think it's that time.
1: I think it's time for people to check us out on our website, thestatementshow.com. Check us out on Twitter, at Statement Show. Look, I'm constantly taking questions. Me and Zach are all over Twitter, so make sure you get any questions, comments. Uh, Check us out. Uh, and,
2: oh, guess what? He's finally put the, uh, the other episodes on YouTube. I'm constantly on his ass about it. So he's finally put the other episodes on YouTube. And so guys, you hopefully could, you'll get this one on there within six months. <laughs> you can check it out at Facebook, too, because Zach takes care of Facebook. And, well, it looks like Zach takes care of <laughs> So we're on Facebook. So we're on Facebook. <laughs> we're at thestatementshow.com. We have all the links. So just go to thestatementshow.com. All the links are there youtube subscribe to us on itunes on google ron stitcher eric zella thanks a lot all right man that's the end of another one the lights are out see ya
0: It was always a pipe dream that one day we would meet Spielberg and he, he would not sue us. And, and <laughs> That's what I film. was thinking. <laughs> you, was he calling you? Go, I'd like yep. you to meet with my lawyers.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> when can we expect the documentary for Indy
2: 2 from you guys? Oh, yeah. When's the next adaptation <laughs> where you have your kids playing all the parts? <laughs> let, me just,
0: let me just put it out there. there. There will be no Temple of Doom, the adaptation. Oh, At least not man. from us.
1: What about the musical? (laughs) Come on. Broadway? (laughs) Um. Yeah. Raiders on Ice? Uh, There you go. (laughs) See?
2: it. My beer's gone.